There are many measures of success, but when it comes to the Winnipeg Jets, it seems like the Jets have narrowed down a lot of their success to making the playoffs. But how else can we quantify some measure of improvement, something that the Jets have achieved? Maybe being good is actually not the true objective. We'll dive into all of the different scenarios of what could be a good or bad season on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, friends, and welcome to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But more than anything else, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, like I said on tonight's episode, I've got a couple of topics to get through. The first one we're going to dive into is talking about Winnipeg's success and what would a successful season this year look like? Because quite honestly, with how the Jets have been over the past few years and what they have considered relatively acceptable for, um, I would say, performance-based uh, evaluations, right? What do you think Winnipeg's primary objective has been? Well, it's to make the playoffs. And obviously, Winnipeg would love to advance in the postseason, but just having or even like an early or, or a small round of, of playoff revenue tends to be a big deal to Winnipeg because it's more butts and seats. And we all know that when it comes to Canada Life Center, they fill that place out when the playoffs roll around. So, you know, I, I think for me, the Jets would be comfortable feeling like they have done their job if they make the postseason. I think for me, though, Winnipeg is kind of running down the hours on the score. Uh, this is basically the last season where the Jets have a chance to use you know, their, their best assets all in one go. And it's kind of why I wonder if they're really done with this offseason or if they still have more stuff in store over the next few weeks. And you know, for me, it would be really disappointing if the Jets didn't make the most of this opportunity. I feel like the Jets have the potential to become a really fun team this year. But you notice, uh, obviously, when you look at this roster, if there's an injury to anyone or, you know, Bones kind of struggles with line deployments, we're going to see a team that might not be all that impressive, despite having on paper a pretty good roster. I think that this is one of the deeper teams that we've seen from the Jets over the past few years. Uh, Winnipeg has definitely upgraded the middle six and bottom six by a good deal, and the new acquisitions should really play a pivotal role for the Jets going forward. But I, I think for me, success has to be uh, getting at least to the second or third round of the postseason. I think if Winnipeg doesn't win at least the opening salvo of games, I feel like that is a, a bit of a disaster. Not because they they aren't going to uh, match up against a tough opponent. I mean, if they get into like a wild card spot, there's a good chance they're going to be facing one of the top seeds. So it's understandable if you get knocked out earlier. But by the same token, the Jets also don't have the luxury of being able to miss all that many playoff runs, right? They've got to make the most of what they have now. Otherwise, to me, it's kind of a failure. And it's really disappointing because the Jets have been stuck in that loop of failure for the last few years. 
And I know people will say, well, they lost to the Vegas Golden Knights, and the, the Golden Knights ended up winning the Stanley Cup. I don't care. You know, at the end of the day, the Jets ended up still losing. You know, whether you lose to the Golden Knights or a you know, like in a more a more inferior opponent, it, it doesn't really change that for Winnipeg's perspective, they are still out of the postseason and not involved in the picture, which is bad, right? That's that's not great. I guess if you're thinking about it though, and the Jets were to miss the playoffs, you might say that a successful season is one where a lot of the kids take a step forward. You have younger prospects filtering into your big club, and maybe you even get a shot at like a lottery pick. Now, I feel like if the Jets were going to be that bad, it would have been a lot more preferable to have it this past season. Uh, obviously, the Fantilli, Mitchkov, and you know Bedard sweepstakes, everyone wanted a piece of that, like no question. You have some of the top prospects over the past several years all condensed in the first five picks. Getting one of those lottery selections would have been a dream. But obviously, that didn't really happen for Winnipeg. And so I think for this upcoming season, I'd really prefer the Jets to avoid tanking. I feel like that's not going to end up well because uh, obviously Winnipeg is not really interested in rebuilding, and I don't want them to waste the years of good prime players. I, I know that that sounds kind of silly, but I feel like if you tank and you have all of these guys on your payroll, it it could end up pretty ugly. You know, you might watch more players walk away from this team, especially young talent like Villardi. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm very mixed on it. I feel like if the Jets are really interested in making the playoffs, they have to go deep. It can't be a one-and-done series again. They've done that a couple of times over the past few years. Not often, I would say. They've usually been able to get, you know, like advance at least through one round. But even in some of those series where they've won, they were not the better team. So, yeah, I, I think for me, Winnipeg really needs to show up and have a strong year. And it'd be nice if they could do it for the entire season. I really want to see continued growth and progression for a lot of the prospects. If the Jets like narrowly miss the playoffs, but they have shown um, dedication to developing the youth and integrating that next core into the team, I'm not going to complain. I'm okay with that. Thus far, I feel a little mixed as to whether Bones actually does that enough. I feel like he has talked about it a lot, but I haven't really seen evidence of um, that philosophical change, you know, with enough of, enough of the prospects and players that the Jets have. And it's not entirely on him. Obviously, there are some contractual things and some waiver situations where the Jets have had to use more veterans than some of their prospects. But by the same token, at some point, you're just going to have to open spots for your young talent because the longer they sit in the minors or in the press box or in leagues where they're not really being tested at the top level, you know that, that ability for them to reach the next level starts to diminish. I think we've seen that with Heinola, and I don't want to see it happen again. So the Jets really need to, if they're going to make the playoffs, you got to have a deep run. I feel like that's the only way to really be successful this year, unless you somehow end up with the lottery pick, which has its own issues that, you know, you're going to have to contend with, especially with guys who might want to leave. You know, this has to be a season where I feel like the Jets cash in at least a chip or two and try for gold. I mean, that's the only way that I think a lot of fans would be satisfied. And with where the team is at, maybe it would even change some hearts and minds with some of the guys who are feeling a little lackluster about staying in Winnipeg. But to do that, the Jets are going to have to optimize lines. And I have a couple of line combos that I think might potentially work after giving it some more consideration and how to balance out you know, strengths and weaknesses. We'll dive into what each of these uh, pairings or trios could potentially bring and how it might help the Jets stabilize what has been a, a recently rocky forward grouping. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at... Uh, uh, AG1. 
what do you think is the most important thing about being healthy, right? Is it being active? Is it ensuring that your internal systems are all good to go? Well, kind of like having a professional championship team, your body needs to be in perfect balance. You need to, you need to have all of the supplies and logistics running full steam. But it's hard to get all of those essential vitamins and nutrients from just eating food alone. Sometimes you need a little bit of a helping hand. And our partner, our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because I was looking to add that balance to my life, something that helps me get up in the morning, gives me a kickstart to my immune system, and fortifies me against all of the crazy threats to our bodily nutrition and health that we face on a routine basis. And best of all, AG1 is super convenient because it's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. It comes with 75 vitamins, minerals, nutrients, and whole food source superfoods. It's backed by science. You know, it's a science-driven formula. And you know what? You don't just have to take my word for it. Over 7,000 five-star reviews from folks like you or from pro athletes and trainers tells you that AG1 and Athletic Greens are the real deal. And of course, if you're wondering about how much it costs, AG1 is super affordable, clocking in at around $3 or less per glass. You really can't go wrong. It's a lot cheaper than that expensive cold brew habit, and I really can't recommend it enough. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Check it out. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you for rejoining us on tonight's episode. I just wanted to walk through some stuff for the upcoming season and talk about, you know, ways to be successful and how the Jets can potentially accomplish that. And one of those ways that I think the Jets could actually have a reasonable playoff run is if they deploy and uh, arrange their team in the right way, right? It, it, I know that sounds very simple. It sounds kind of silly. But traditionally, we've seen line combos with the Jets that don't really work. I'm looking at 81, 55, and 26 over the years. We all know the uh, the Connor Shifley Wheeler line was not exactly a a world beater, if we're being honest. So, looking at Winnipeg's forward depth this year, they're going to have more options, and I think with more options comes, you know, I want to say more more optimism for me. But by the same token, um, given some of the decisions Bowden's made last year and what we've seen with some of the assistant coaching staff. I'm trying to measure my bullishness on this team. I think that there's promise for this team to be good and maybe even really impressive at times, but I also wouldn't be shocked if the Jets are a little bit more mediocre than we're expecting. But all that said, I've tried to think about how to give Bones enough tools to work with so that this team is balanced, that it defends reasonably well, and that it scores at a pretty good clip. So starting off the top line, I'm going with Perfetti, Shifley, and Ehlers. Ehlers is going to do a lot of the transition work, which is going to open up space for Shifley and Perfetti to work together. I think all three of these guys are super smart players, especially attacking the slot area and working around the perimeters. These guys have unique skills and traits that makes them among the most creative playmakers and scorers on this team. Ehlers can do a lot of the north-south stuff and also open up space using a lot of the perimeter where he's going to draw attention. Shifley can drop down into the slot and can be a great one-time option. And Perfetti, just, I mean, just by having him on the ice, because he's such an amazing passer and creator and understands space intimately, this is a really explosive trio. I think if you have this group together, 
it might not be the fastest group if you're looking at Perfetti's foot speed as an issue, but I think in terms of creativity, vision, and understanding of how to create goals, this is probably a dynamite, dynamite trio. That naturally means that you're going to have to find somewhere to put Kyle Connor. And I thought moving him to the second line with Villardi and with Niederreiter would actually be pretty good, right? Perfetti with Shifley will help uh, will help Shifley's defensive issues because Perfetti double backs and, and back checks a lot and forces turnovers. I think Kyle will probably benefit uh, from the same thing by having Villardi down the middle. Gabriel is surprisingly defensively responsible and has really worked to back check more effectively, uh, strip the puck on counters, and just be more well positioned defensively on a consistent basis, which I think would be really helpful for, for Connor because Shifley didn't really do that as much. Not that Shifley never backchecked or marked his man effectively, but we saw him do that a lot less uh, over the past few years than he did when he first started. So I think this is a really good combo because you've got the forechecking presence in Niederreiter who can cause chaos down low and behind the net. Then you've got Bellardi who's just really good at offense in general, a great passer, a gifted skater. He's got a great release. And then Kyle Connor, who can be the guy who cleans up the leftovers. And because he has such a lethal release, this might put him back into the 40-goal territory. I, I think, you know, on paper, you might look at this line and think that it's not that impressive. But I think that there's a natural balancing of chemistry styles. And, you know, it could help Connor get into those dangerous areas. Because when he was playing on the top line, I felt like he was a little one-dimensional. But here, he might have more room to roam, which would obviously benefit a guy who's got a shot like he does and can pick, you know, corners from almost any angle. Now, the bottom six is where you start to run into some questions because you have a lot of players who are very similar in, in style and um, what sort of impact they bring. For the third line, uh, I'm sure this is going to be controversial, but I've gone with Baron, Nemesnikov, and Ayafalo. I think if you want a really balanced defensive unit that's also got some scoring chops, I feel like this group is going to be pretty strong. Baron, if he ever figures out um, how to start putting pucks past goalies in the post, I, I feel like is going to be a menace. He has the ability to be a really good middle six player, and I think he's very close to it because he took a big step last year. There's just that finishing issue that's kind of held him back from being, you know, that next level player. Nemesnikov, we know, is just good about, or is just good at almost everything that doesn't really involve offense. Defensively, he's stellar. I think he does a lot of the great work down low. He's got chemistry with skill, and I, I think alongside somebody like Baron, who is capable of barreling towards the net. I think you've got a good combo there. And then Ayafalo brings the finishing touch. Alex obviously isn't like an elite, elite goal scorer, but I think he's pretty underrated. And for a guy who can kind of slide in and out of your lineup and up and down as need be, I think he brings a little bit more scoring talent than we've had in the third line previously. Like Appleton's just not really an elite finisher. Ayafalo might not be either, but I could see him potting 50 to 20 goals this year. I think that's pretty reasonable. And if that's what you get out of a third liner from him, that's pretty darn good, especially considering the production from the Jets' bottom six hasn't been outstanding over the past few years. Now, the last line, I think, is you know something that's not really too crazy to consider. It's going to be like Kupari, Lowry, and Appleton. You can pretty much arrange them however you want. Um, I, I think that this is just going to be your shutdown line and your really physical forechecking line. While Kupari could maybe bring an extra goal or two, I'm not really expecting that to be the primary thing that you're getting out of this unit. But I think in terms of giving Lowry, A, a role that really suits his skill set, and B, line mates who are probably going to play reasonably well alongside him, 
I think that this is a trio that can help spell the top nine and eat those shifts where, you know, the Jets were working to, to overwhelm opponents with pressure. Now, this whole arrangement could be upended with a single injury or two, so understand that this is just kind of like my pass at something with a full-strength team, but at any moment, if an injury hits, the Jets could be in trouble, but we kind of knew that. I mean, Winnipeg doesn't have tons and tons of depth, so I think this is where, you know, we're hoping some of those prospects might show that they're a little more NHL-ready than expected. At least maybe the Jets can call upon guys like Reichel or um, Harkins and some of these other players to step up and fill in those gaps, but let me know how you would like to arrange those lines. Give me your line combos in the comments below or at my social medias at HL Living Loco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. In just a little bit, I want to talk you know, briefly about an upcoming issue with the Jets and one that I think Winnipeg could actually resolve this year if they arrange their personnel a little more carefully and actually take advantage of some of the skill that they have. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day, I thank you for joining us on these closing thoughts of tonight's episode of Locked On Jets. There was just one more topic I thought that was worth uh, spotlighting, and that is Winnipeg's power play next season. I know it's kind of like a small thing in the grand scheme of details, but actually the power play can be a really big needle mover if the rest of your offense struggles to score. And last year, the power play was just pretty dreadful. The puck movement wasn't there. The finishing wasn't there. There was just a lot to dislike about how the special teams were run when it wasn't the penalty kill. The penalty kill I thought was actually pretty good. The power play, though, complete disaster. One of the least effective power plays in the NHL. This year, I think Winnipeg has a chance to hit the reset button. I think they have better passers. I think that there's more ability to rotate and move more freely. And maybe we see Winnipeg start to use more overlapping routes along the perimeter, which can confuse PK Diamonds. It was sort of what we saw at the start of the uh, the season last year, and then the PK, uh, the power play became progressively more stagnant, and I think that's what really frustrated me because we saw what the Jets could be when there was actual movement and skating, especially off the puck. I felt like when Winnipeg was trying to run screens, almost like a basketball sort of situation, Winnipeg's power play was way more effective. Uh, they, they used that overload um, you know, pretty well on the strong side and also took advantage of having them, you know, the extra player to open up space elsewhere. But once the Jets stopped skating and moving, the power play just kind of died with it. So I think this year with guys like Bellardi, Ayafalo, and a few others who can start to open up more space, uh, plus, you know, Ehlers may be getting first power play minutes and Perfetti sliding in somewhere. I think that this power play special teams unit has the potential to be very good. I don't know that it will be, but hopefully the coaching staff keeps a more open mind with how they um, – ask players to to move on the ice i feel like the power play just didn't really skate last year and it was super mind-boggling because so much of uh, a power play's advantage is stretching diamonds back and forth and forcing mistakes but winnipeg really didn't do enough of that they just tried to take point shots and deflect it and hope that that was enough and i think we saw on far too many occasions that's not really how you're going to make an impact um against either quality goalies or well-conditioned PK units. And honestly, I think the Jets just became too predictable. Everyone knew what Winnipeg was going for. Everyone defended against it well. So it's time to go back to the drawing board and come up with a power play unit that can be much stronger because if the Jets struggle to score at 5v5, they definitely have a chance to have an advantage on the power play, which can be a huge difference maker both in the regular season and the playoffs. But I don't know if they're going to adjust much. We'll see how they start to change things as we approach the preseason. But 
for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Next week, we're going to be starting a three-episode-a-week uh, counter just because, you know, it is the off-season, and news has definitely slowed down a bit. We'll have our continued off-season coverage, but like I said for tonight's show, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. Every day, we will see you back here next Monday for more off-season coverage. Have a great night, and go Jets go!